0: One of the best books on nonfiction writing is called On Writing Well, The Classic Guide to Writing Nonfiction. And it's written by an author named William Zinsser, who really was one of the most prominent writers and writers writing about writing in the 20th century. I, I forget when he passed away. I believe it wasn't that long ago, but this man this man really is a master of writing and I would highly suggest this book. It's a great paperback to have on your bookshelf. It's about 300 pages and I have it here with me and I want to read to you a couple of excerpts. There are a couple of principles that you can get from the book. There are three parts to the book. Actually, there are four parts to the book. The first part is principles. The second part is methods. The third part is forms. And the fourth part is attitudes. So what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be reading through a couple of excerpts, sentences that I've underlined in my copy from the part one. So from the principles. In a chapter called The Transaction William Zinsser writes, This is the personal transaction that's at the heart of good nonfiction writing. Out of it comes two of the most important qualities that this book will go in search of. Humanity and warmth. Good writing has an aliveness that keeps the reader reading from one paragraph to the next. And it's not a question of gimmicks to personalize the author It's a question of using the English language in a way that will achieve the greatest clarity and strength. In a chapter called Simplicity, Censor writes, But the secret of good writing is to strip every sentence to its cleanest components, Every word that serves no function, every long word that could be a short word, every adverb that carries the same meaning that's already in the verb, every passive construction that leaves the reader unsure of who is doing what, these are the thousand and one adulterants that weaken the strength of a sentence. And they usually occur in proportion to education and rank. Again, in this chapter called Simplicity, the author writes, I don't mean that some people are born clear-headed and are therefore natural writers, whereas others are naturally fuzzy and will never write well. Thinking clearly is a conscious act that writers must force upon themselves as if they were working on any other project that requires logic making a shopping list, or doing an algebra problem. Good writing doesn't come naturally, though most people seem to think it does. Professional writers are constantly bearded by people who say they'd like to try a little writing sometime, meaning when they retire from the real profession like insurance or real estate, which is hard. Or they say, I could write a book about that. I doubt it. Writing is hard work. A clear sentence is no accident. Very few sentences come out the right the first time or even the f- third time. Remember this in moments of despair. If you find that writing is hard, it's because it is a hard. In a chapter called Clutter, the author writes, Clutter is the language of the Pentagon calling an invasion a reinforced protective reaction strike and justifying its vast budget on the need for counterforce deterrence. As George Orwell pointed out in Politics and the English Language, an essay written in 1946, but often cited during the wars in Cambodia, Vietnam, and Iraq, political speech and writing are largely the defense of the indefensible. Thus, political language has to consist largely of euphemism, question-begging, and sheer, cloudy vagueness. Orwell's warning that clutter is not just a nuisance, but a deadly tool has come true in the recent decades of American military adventurism. It was during George W. Bush's presidency that civilian casualties in Iraq became collateral damage. In a chapter called Style, the author writes, Few people realize how badly they write. Nobody has shown them how much excess or murkiness has crept into their style and how it obstructs what they are trying to say. If you give me an 8-page article and I tell you to cut it to 4 pages, you'll hold and say it can't be done. Then you'll go home and do it and it will be much better. After that comes the hard part, cutting it to 3 The point is that you have to strip your writing down before you can build it back up. You must know what the essential tools are and what job they were designed to do. Extending the metaphor of carpentry, it's first necessary to be able to saw wood neatly and to drive nails. Later, you can bevel the edges or add elegant finials if that's your taste. But you can never forget that you are practicing a craft that's based on certain principles. If the nails are weak, your house will collapse. If your verbs are weak and your syntax rickety, your sentences will fall apart. Now, if you're a committed writer and you are writing nonfiction, I highly, highly recommend you buy this book. I'm putting a link in the description so you can purchase this book and I highly encourage you to get the paper back because it is a book you are going to want to read and reread and reread because every single time you will be getting more from this book on writing well hey everybody it's Leon I hope you enjoyed today's episode please leave us review share this podcast and I will talk to you in the next episode